0: Welcome to Lumarx's Spot, brought to you by yours truly, Lumarx, bringing sanity and common sense back to America. Let's talk today about the great COVID-19 lie. We can beat COVID-19, just trust the science, we're told. Trust in the scientists, we're told. And that's not just a paraphrase, that's an exact quote. From the editors, we can beat COVID-19, just trust science, why it wrote. So tossing citizens' civil rights into the sea and allowing medical professionals and scientists to steer the COVID-19 boat may not be the best scenario for a free American. Stanford researchers uncovered patterns in how scientists lie about their data, wrote Stanford News. The story went on to report how a couple of researchers cracked the writing patterns of scientists who attempt to pass along falsified data. A finding that gave the science world a tool to identify falsified research before it was published. The discovery of the pattern is one thing. The fact that the pattern had to be pursued in the first place is entirely another thing. It says, not so subtly, that falsified scientific data is so prevalent that a tool to identify and slow the creep of it, the false data, was actually an in demand item. In fact, books have been written about the prevalence of falsified science. The Great Betrayal of Fraud in the Science is a 2004 expose about the true state of science and science that has been peer-reviewed, that is, self-checked, self-policed. It's 480 pages long. And in a terse assessment of his findings, author Horace Freeland Judson wrote, their claims about science are unscientific. He was speaking of the scientific greats. You're not going to believe this. Gregor Mendel, Charles Darwin, Louis Pasteur, and Sigmund Freud, among others. Well and good, fine and dandy, but fact is, scientists often lie. Science isn't always the beacon toward truth. It's not just frequently fraud, it's frequently deceptive, and purposely so. The American Council on Science and Health, in a 2017 piece entitled, Lying Politicians is One Thing, Lying scientists is another. Wrote of the crappy science of researchers Peter Eckloff and Una Landstead, who reported in a 2016 paper that tiny particles of plastic in the ocean were harming fish, and that microscopic plastic must therefore be harmful to fish. Findings that led them to be slapped with the peer-based misconduct and research label. Findings that the pair subsequently retracted. QZ... In a 2016 piece entitled, Nearly All of Our Medical Research is Wrong, wrote, Something is rotten in the state of biomedical research. Everyone who works in the field knows this on some level. We applaud presentations by colleagues, but we know in our hearts that the majority or even the vast majority of our research claims are false. That's an incredible admission. Look, do the research. Google some headlines. There are more, so many more examples of scientists gone wrong, scientists gone rogue, science gone deceptive. This scientist nearly went to jail for making up data, the Washington Post wrote in 2016. Researchers behaving badly, known frauds, are the tip of the iceberg, LeapSmack wrote in 2018. Take that back, the top scientific retractions of 2019, Live Science wrote in 2019. Deceptions are just part of the game of science. Lies, skews, half-truths, selectively chosen data, biased conclusions, flawed interpretations, outright widely incorrect information, political. These are all part and parcel of scientists' lives. And why? Because scientists are human too. Scientists have deadlines. They have pressures. They have funding goals. They have backers. They have peer competition. They have personal agendas, political leanings, partisan purposes, spiritual blindness. In short, they are not perfect. In some cases, they are downright evil. Scientists are not perfect. The science they present is not perfect. And especially in this COVID-19 atmosphere, where scientists and researchers and medical professionals and scholars have taken over much of the control of U.S. politics and government and how American citizens are supposed to now behave and think and function. It's more important than ever to remember this. Scientists can be wrong. Very, very, very wrong. Until COVID-19 hit, President Donald Trump was on a gliding path to re-election, a sure thing. On domestic policy, Trump's tax and regulatory cuts spurred the economy to the heights unseen in 50 years. His Department of Education crackdown. On the Star Chamber Court, supplied on college campuses in cases of a alleged sexual misconduct. He has appointed scores of well-qualified constitutionalist judges, including three Supreme Court judge-justices. On foreign policy, Trump is the first president of my lifetime not to enter any foreign wars. He has brokered historic peace deals in the Middle East between Israel and Arab countries. He has stood up to Chinese politicians pred- Predations and unprecedented ways. And this is just to name a few. There's so many, it's unbelievable. Then, guess what? COVID hit. If this election had been held in February, Trump easily would have won. And he likely would have won in the landslide. That's because Trump's often terrible rhetoric would have taken a backseat to his actions and accomplishments. And Americans... Pessimism about Trump's character would have taken a backseat to their optimism about his agenda and his accomplishments. And when was the vaccine really proven, and why, if it was proven earlier, which it most certainly was, why was it was held to after the election? Moreover, scientists can lie, and very often, as history shows, they do. Let's go over some statistics from the CDC, the World Health Organization, and other reputable sources. So I did some Google research. In 2017, there were 2,813,503 deaths with a population of approximately 325,000 people in America. In 2018, there were 2,839,205 deaths with a population of approximately 327,000 in America. Now comes the really strange part. In my research but with no surprise After an hour of searching the internet That should have only taken seconds All I could find was one One figure Of deaths in America in 2019 But no details to the deaths According to the CDC 2, 2.84 million people died During all of 2019 Okay so that's three years Everything seems to be on track The same Pretty close Within Just tiny Slight changes Now for the unbelievable After hours of searching the internet I could find no real Statistics on deaths in 2020 This year But I think we all know why That figure Would interfere with the false and fake claims By democrats, scientists and liberals And the CDC and the World Health Organization On how many deaths Were actually from COVID No matter what, there should have been a year-to-date figure on total deaths. COVID excluded, COVID included, there should have been a figure. There was none. There always has been figures. Now there is none. No surprise here. So the New York Times just reported 13.4 million confirmed today cases of COVID in the U.S. and 266,000 deaths. To verify the total numbers, Channel 13 News went directly to archived mortality data maintained on the website of the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics, which collects the nation's official death data. An initial search seems to suggest that 2020 deaths in the U.S. are actually declining. As of November 17, 2020, NCHS reports 2,491,826 2,491,826 deaths in the United States for calendar year 2020. That means from January 1st till today. not till November 17th when they did the report. The information is included in the table of deaths involving COVID-19, pneumonia, and influenza reported to NCHS, which also includes reported deaths from all causes. There are still six weeks left approximately in the year, so based on the current pace of recorded deaths, we would expect the 2020 number this year of deaths in America to grow to only 2,773,510 deaths by the end of December. That total will be actually fewer deaths than what the CDC recorded in the U.S. for each of the past three years. Consider the following figures. These are total deaths by year by, per CDC records. In 2013, 2,500,000 approximately. In 2014, approximately 2,600,000. In 2015, approximately 2,700,000. In 2016, approximately 2,700,000 again. In 2017, approximately 2,800,000. In 2018, approximately 2,800,000. In 2019, again, approximately 2,800,000. In 2020, this year, as of November 14th, total deaths are only 2,512,880 people. At present, the U.S. has experienced a 1.12% increase in overall mortality rates for 2020. However, last year, 2019, there was also a 1.12% increase. Did we miss a pandemic in 2019? Did it skip by us? Did we somehow not see it? Did it get lost in the shuffle? But wait, it's even scarier than that. 2018 saw a 1.22% increase in mortality rates. 2017 saw a 1.24% increase in mortality rates. 2016, a 1.27% increase. 2015, also a one27 increase. And 2014, a 1.29% increase in mortality rates. Also, the expected death level, per the CDC, upon which the excess death claims hang, is somehow down below the 2017 level was up in 2018 and up in 2019, but way down for 2020, even though we have more people and a higher percentage of aged above 65. I guess if you want to show excess death, you need to either have more deaths or you fudge down the level of expected deaths to make it appear you have them. The research by Ms. Breon from John Hopkins University confirms the latter happened, not the former. The expected number of deaths was purposely set to pre-2017 levels so that even normal levels of deaths would appear excessive and drive the false Democrats narrative. Did the World Health Organization lie about COVID-19 being a pandemic? I think so. I'm sure most of us do think so. They're owned by China. On 11 of March 2020, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic. International public health is their mandate. After all, the problem is that after admitting that pandemic is not a word used lightly or carelessly, the Director General of the World Health Organization went to say that we have never before seen a pandemic sparked by a coronavirus. Terrific. This is the first pandemic caused by a coronavirus. We have never before seen a pandemic that can be controlled at the same time. These words are not only inexplicably careless and fraudulent, would constitute the clearest proof that on March 11, 2020, the World Health Organization flouted its own wisdom and may have scammed the whole world into a pandemic. Since that date, the World Health Organization seems to be leading the global fight against COVID-19 on false pretenses, and they are. They're controlled by China and the Democrats. Perhaps they were pushing declaring a pandemic or they did not know what they were doing. i I go for being pushed into declaring a pandemic. But the fact remains that on March 11, 2020, COVID 19 had not yet become a pandemic. Of the 118,000 cases reported globally in 114 countries, more than 90% of cases are in just four countries. And two of those, China and Republic of Korea, have significantly declining epidemics. 81 countries have not reported any cases, and 57 countries. I've reported 10 cases or less back then. So why did they declare a pandemic? Good question. We need some answers. There are lingering unanswered questions about the World Health Organization's lack of transparency, the role of the experts who are being paid by the pharmaceutical industry, and so on. And they are, and by China. Indeed, there are a number of recent concerning examples. For instance, in June 2019, the WHO ruled that although the Ebola outbreak in the De- Democratic Republic of Congo was a severe emergency, did not yet qualify as a global emergency. This was the second time the U.N. agency had decided that the Congo outbreak did not qualify to be a global emergency. Then there's the question of the H1N1 virus. In the months leading up to the WHO's declaration of the pandemic as a level 6 contagion, the highest possible level, many countries, including Italy, Germany, France, and UK, made secret agreements with pharmaceutical companies. These contracts obliged the countries to buy swine flu vaccinations only if the WHO, the World Health Organization, raised the pandemic to a level 6. That's unbelievable. But fact. The 2018 documentary, Trust the World Health Organization, by filmmaker Lillian Franck, Unearthed footage that showed WHO delegates six weeks before The level 6 pandemic was issued As having described swine flu As a moderate situation Incredible again The main point concerning COVID-19 Is that by its own admission The World Health Organization Seems to have declared COVID-19 A pandemic in order to avert A COVID-19 pandemic This seems illogical And a scam And it is The end date of an event cannot come before the start date. You cannot be in a pandemic that has not yet started. And you can only avert a crisis that has not yet taken place. But you cannot have both a pandemic and efforts to avert a pandemic. Certainly this is a riddle posed by someone. using the phrase at the same time. I ask, how can an end date come before a start date? How is it possible that a manufacturing date can come after an expiration date? The current global coronavirus crisis is proof that global agencies, such as the World Health Organization, can and do actually cause irreparable harm. Perhaps their global roles need to be called into serious question. I think they do. And I think you think they do, too. I think 70-some-odd million people in America think they do, and hundreds of millions worldwide. At a time when the blame game has started about who or what caused the current global health crisis, it seems that the World Health Organization caused the pandemic and the blame for the COVID-19 pandemic lies squarely on the shoulders of the UN agency. Is the WHO, by this flip-flopping and ambivalent language, trying to tell us something in a coded manner? Was there hand forced? Is there an eternal struggle in the institution? Is China controlling them, as it seems pretty obvious? Or is it just the WHO, the one driving the scam? We don't know yet, but we will know the answers will come, and we need the answers now.